Hello and welcome to the Victory Bible Podcast. Thank you for deciding to listen today and be a part of our listening family. We pray that everything is a great blessing to you. Like it all, amen. Amen. Revelation chapter number five. Revelation chapter number five. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Revelation five. I'll try to give you what the Lord gave us here. I'll, I'll give you a couple. Uh, we, 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 as far as we can get in these verses here, but I'll give you some. Uh, give you what the Lord has for us tonight. And we're going to look at the seven sealed book. Amen. There's a seven sealed book in Revelation 5. And there's a whole lot of truth in this seven sealed book. And, uh, man, I got to think about David. So if you, if, you, if, you, if you miss the truth of what the seven sealed book is all about, you'll miss the reason why John, why John wept about it. Because if all he wept about was just not knowing something, and that's not that just don't seem like a whole lot to weep about. You know, there's a lot we're not going to know. You know, we're, there's stuff we're never going to know. There's stuff we're absolutely never going to know. So I think there's a whole lot about this book, this seven-sealed book. And I'm gonna give you what the Lord showed me as I got to reading about this seven-sealed book. It's more than just a. It's more than just knowing something. This book represents a lot. But if you look down here. Revelation 5, he said, And I saw in the, right, in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, he's talking about God the Father sitting on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And what it's saying is it said sealed is after that comma. So what, it, what it's saying in these verses is it says it was written within and on the backside. So this, this writing, this seven-sealed book, and back in that day a book didn't look like this Bible a book didn't look like that hymn book. A book looked like a rolled up piece of paper. It looked like a piece of paper that you rolled up. And on that rolled up piece of paper, they would take wax. A lot of times a family would have their own seal and stuff like that. And they'd, they'd, wax, they'd wax seal a piece of a, a scroll. And they'd seal this seven scroll, this book, this scroll seven times. And uh, I'm saying, I'm going somewhere. You hang with me for a minute about it. But I, I promise you I'm heading somewhere while telling you all that. But uh, that book, is a scroll. It's got seven seals to it. And as I was reading this, it said that it was wrote on the inside of that scroll, but then it's also wrote on the outside of the scroll. The Bible said right there in chapter 5, verse 2, it said, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And for to help me, I'll give you this, uh, just a thought for just a little while out of this, on, on this book, this seven-sealed book. I want to look at what, what is the big deal about this seven-sealed book. Let's pray. Father, thank you for letting us come to church tonight. God, I pray, God, that you'll help us, dear God, as we look at this seven-sealed book. There's a lot 
in it. God, and I know there is. God, and I pray, Father, you'd help me to, uh, God, give, I don't want to be confusing tonight. God, so I pray that you'd help me, dear God. It won't be on the, on the fact of the listeners of me being confusing, but it'd be because I get uh, tongue-tied or confused. So keep my mind correct. Help me to say it correctly, God, and help me to say it the word to help others. And God, help us get in this Bible and study, dear God, and get more close to you and get closer to Jesus than we've ever been before. I pray, dear God, I'm glad that we're looking to a brighter day and a greater day than we've ever had before. What a great day we're going to have when we get to be with you. Help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Wrote down this first of all. I thought about this about the seven sealed book. I want to give you the, the district of the seven sealed book, the location of it. Location of this seven sealed book is Jesus does not have this seven sealed book. He does not have this seven sealed book. His father does. His father has the seven sealed book. The Bible says in verse 1 And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written. Within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. The Father has this seven sealed book. Jesus does not have this seven sealed book. And that's, that, that means something. Amen. We're going to find out in a minute, but it means something. But then not only the district of the book, but the description of the book. Oh, what, what, what's this book all about? What does it mean? What's it, what is this book? And the Bible says, again, there is a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven Seals. I want to give you Jeremiah 32, verse 6 through 12. I believe that this, uh, this, this book we're reading about is a title or a deed. It shows ownership. We're going to find out. We're going to look at it. But look at Jeremiah 32, or yeah, chapter 32 with me for just a minute. And if you'll hang with me, I promise you I'm heading somewhere. You hang with me. Jeremiah 32. I believe when we get there, I believe it'll help us. Jeremiah 32 and verse number 6. Jeremiah 32, verse 6. And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalem, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is, in, is thine to buy. So Hanamel, the uncle's son, uh, my knuckle's son came to me in the court of the prison. I won't take time out and say this. The Lord told him he'd come, and he did come. Amen. I'm glad God's word always comes to pass. Amen. Amen. He says, saying by, uh, he said, he said, my knuckle's son came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said unto me, By my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine. And the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field of Hanamel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even seventeen shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it. What that was, he's saying this, he said, I, 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 I wrote down deed. The evidence that he had bought. That land from his father, from his uncle's son was wrote on that deed. And he sealed it. So it's a sealed paper. Now it's a sealed scroll at that moment. And within that paper has got writing that proves that Jeremiah now owns that land. And I'm ahead. I'm ahead. So listen to this. They said this. 
He said, I bought the field of Hanamiel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver, and I subscribed the evidence and sealed it and took witnesses. He said, sealed it and took witnesses. From what I was reading about biblical history and about the way they would do deeds in that day, they would write on a deed of land. They would would roll that up and seal that deed. And and that seal meant... Uh, that seal meant the, that it's done. It's completely done. And I'll tell you what a good thing about this deal that me and you got was. It didn't have but it didn't have one seal like most of them had. It had seven seals. And if you know anything about numerology, a number seven means a number of perfection. And that means I'm perfect. My deed is perfectly sealed. Amen. It's not halfway sealed. It's not a quarter of the way sealed. Not even 75% sealed, but on it. It's 100% sealed. Perfectly in order. Amen. Yours is too. Amen. Thank God for the seal. But the Bible said he'd sealed it. But then the Bible says, and witnesses. Then he got his witnesses. But they said they would seal that paper. And then witnesses are right on the outside of that paper. They witnessed the, the passing and the buying of this land to, to Jeremiah from that man named Hanamel. And boy, I got, I got to read that. And that, that's the description we find. Uh, we find there in Jeremiah 32. But then I got to thinking, well, what does that have to do with us? What's the big deal? What's that got to do with me? I mean, I mean really, what's it got to do with the church? What's that got to do with born again believers? I believe it's got something to do with us. Yeah. But listen to this Romans 8. Romans 8. It's got something to do with redemption. That book that is in the hand of the Father. You'll go to Romans 8. That book that's in the hand of the Father that Jesus is getting ready to take out of His hands deals with redemption. Deals with buying, purchasing. Listen to this. Roman, can I tell you something tonight? Don't, don't, don't let this mess you up tonight. But your redemption ain't done yet. I'm not talking about your salvation. I didn't say salvation. Salvation's done. You get to go to heaven because of grace. But your redemption ain't done yet. Redemption is not done yet. We got the first part of redemption, but we ain't got in on the rest of redemption yet. Listen to Romans 8, verse 22. In fact, this redemption that we're talking about, this sealed book that we're talking about tonight, the world groans for it. Because the Bible says here in Romans 8, 22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth. The whole creation groaneth. That means the birds that fly. And the donkeys out in the field. I mean the sheep out in the field. The goats out in the field. They groan for redemption. This earth itself groans for redemption. And travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but the Bible says, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits, which have the first fruits. We got in on the little end of something big. Amen. Amen. We got in on the little end of something great big in redemption. He says, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. To wit, what just means witness, the redemption of our body. Amen. <laughs> Listen, my soul got saved. When I got saved, my inside, my soul, that inner man, got born again. 
But that old flesh, it's still wicked. It's still defiled. But one day he's going to redeem it. Amen. And one day he's going to redeem this fallen earth and make a brand new earth and a brand new heaven. And there'll be no sickness or death. And there'll be a new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven as a bride adored for her husband. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. We got in on the first fruits. We got in on the down payment <laughs> or, or, or the investment. He better investment in my life. Yeah. And he did yours too. Yeah. I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is paid in full. Yeah. But I'm talking about redemption. Amen. Yeah. Redemption is something God has steps to. Amen. Yeah. Your salvation, the bind of your soul, that's one step of it. That keeps you out of hell. That takes yeah. you to heaven. But he's going to buy some other stuff. Yeah. Amen. Our Savior's got plenty to buy with too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. He's got riches beyond compare. Amen. Yeah. Buy anything he wants to buy. Yeah. Hey, let, me, let me take time out and say this. Ain't you glad that when he had riches to buy anything, Brother Randy, that he wanted to buy, he bought you? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That when he had any money, when he had enough to buy anything he wanted to buy, he bought you with it. Amen. Yeah. Listen to this, Ephesians 1. If you want to turn with me, you can. I, I'm going to go here and then we're going right back to Revelation 5. We'll stick there the rest of the time. I know you don't turn a whole lot, but I tell you, if you don't get these verses, I don't believe it'll make as much sense to you. So Jeremiah, if you go to Ephesians 1, verse 13. We read in, we read in Jeremiah 32 about a, about a scroll. A book, a scroll in that day is what it would have been, sealed with seven seals. And he had been wrote inside that scroll that Jeremiah had bought land of his of his uncle's son, Hannah Mel. And it had been told it had been inside that has the evidence that he bought that land, that it's been sealed seven times and witnessed on the outside that he bought that land and he owned the deed. It belonged to him. Then we read there in Romans 8 that this earth is groaning and travailing. For the redemption of our body. And the redemption of this wicked earth. Amen. It's going to happen, by the way. I, listen, I'm not being mean tonight. But they can fix every climate thing they want to fix tonight. This world's going to burn up whether they like it or not. Amen. You go, yeah, listen, I'm all for keeping it clean. I'm, I'm 100% for keeping, keeping the yard clean, keeping the roads clean. I mean, you don't want to live in garbage no way, do you? Amen. I understand all that. But I'm going to tell you, you can do every bit of that. You can save every turtle you want to save. You can save every whale you want to save. You can save everything you want to save. When it comes down to it, this world's going to burn to the ground. And the children of God ain't going to be here to see it. In fact, the very elements of this earth are going to melt with fervent heat and dissolve like snow. Amen. Amen. Listen to Ephesians 1. In whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth. Ain't you glad you was born in America where he's able to hear the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. And whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the whole that holy spirit of promise. That's that seven sealed, perfect, absolutely perfect seal when you got saved. Amen. I'm glad I got sealed, ain't you? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen to this. Verse 14. Which is the earnest. 
of our inheritance. You remember when, you remember when Isaac was looking for a bride? Abraham's looking for a bride for Isaac. And he sent out Eliezer. And the Bible says when he sent out Eliezer, Eliezer went out with ten camels out of the camels of Abraham. And he took him camels down there to where Rebecca was. And showed her them camels. She saw them camels. She saw them earrings that he gave her. She saw them treasures that he had. And said, this is just a fraction of what Isaac's got. I'm just showing you a little bit of what Isaac's got. Amen. He put bracelets on her. Put some earrings on her. I mean, gave her some beautiful jewelry. And said, that's just a fraction of what Isaac has. I'll tell you what the earnest is tonight. Hey, listen, when she got to Isaac, she got it all. Amen. She got everything. She became joint heir with Isaac. Amen. Hey, what happened, me and you, when we got saved? I mean, God came to us. He said, here, here's salvation. Here's the Holy Ghost. Here's the sealing of the Holy Ghost. Here's a little bit to look forward to. To a great place called heaven. Amen. We got it. We got the earnest of the inheritance. Listen to this. Verse 14. He said, which is earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession of the praise of His glory. You say, what do you mean, Brother John? He already paid the debt for what I'm talking about. He paid the debt for your soul. But I got news. He already paid the debt for your body and for this earth and for the glorification of it all. Amen. He ain't done it yet. He hasn't claimed the possession of it all yet. But He already bought it on Calvary. Amen. I'm feeling better about this. I was feeling really nervous. Amen. God, I'm you, hard. I want to make sure I get the cross right. But ain't you glad that He bought us at Calvary? But He did more than just buy your soul. He bought a future place where there'll be no sickness nor death. In fact, I mean, oh man, I didn't even thought about this. This will help you though. That Bible said that He carried my sorrows. He bore my grief. Can I give you a blessing tonight? For you had the first sorrow you've ever had in your life. He already carried it. Before you bore the first grief you've ever had, He'd already carried it. Amen. For I've had the bad days I've had. He already went through with me. He already died to give me a griefless day. To give me and you a sorrowless day. Ain't that going to be good? I'll tell you the description of the book is this. He's already given, given me and you the earnest of the inheritance. They say it was unto the redemption of the purchased possession. And he's going to claim it. He's going to claim this earth. Right now the devil is the God, little G by the way, of this world. And He blinds the mind of men and women. You wonder why they do what they do without even being bothered. Because they're blind. They don't see it as sin because they can't see it. That devil's doing a good job of scaling their eyes. That blinding them in sin. He's keeping them where He wants home. Listen to this. Verse 14, he ends up saying this. Unto the praise of his glory. He said the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Amen. Bible says in another place that we're sealed. If you remember, it said it's sealed until the day 
of redemption. I thought that was when we got saved. Well, part of it was. That's when He saved our soul. But that other, that other end of redemption. And by the way, I can't give you another. Let me give you something else about redemption. Redemption is also called a gale. G-A-O-L, I think that's how it's Gale. And what that is, Brother John Judas, when they would they, they had a city of refuge in the Old Testament. And when somebody would kill somebody by accident, unwittingly, the Bible said, not meaning to. The Bible says one of the family members would be the avenger of blood. To go and kill that man to bring justice to that family. And I'll tell you what the end of redemption is going to be. The end of redemption is going to be found in Revelation 20 and verse 10. Had the devil that deceived them was cast in a lake of fire which burneth forever. Amen. I tell you, the devil's going to go to hell forever. And our great heavenly Gael, he's going to throw him off in hell. And the end of redemption will be over. Listen to this. Revelation 5. And I'll try to get along. I'll give you this fast and I'll be done. Bible says right here. I thought about the declaration of the book. We found out this book represents our redemption. Represents buying back our old wicked flesh. Represents God being able to walk with us in person every day. What represents me and you living in a sinless day? Represents me and you living in a sickless day, and a deathless day, and a sorrowless day. Amen. Thank God it represents a lot. But if can't nobody open it, it wouldn't be worth nothing. Can't nobody open the deed and, and prove, Brother Jimmy, that they bought it. Ain't worth a thing. That Bible said in verse 2, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Boy, I got to read that. You know what? He said proclaimed that with a loud voice. Now, listen, when you ask a question, most time the only person you want to hear the question is the one that you want to give an answer to. You want to give the answer. But here this angel is. He's almost declaring more than he is asking. He said, who's worthy? Who is worthy? Abraham? Abraham's here. You worthy, Abraham? I'm not worthy. Hey, Jacob, you worthy? No, 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 don't, don't look back. I'm not worthy. No, no, I'm not worthy. Oh, John the disciple, you laid your head on his bosom. You worthy? No, 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 don't no. Just pick somebody else. Hey, angel, I, I appreciate you. You pick somebody else. I'm not worthy. Hey, listen, let, ain't no angel step forward. Ain't no big mighty Michael don't step forward. Gabriel don't step forward. Nobody steps forward. Because the Bible says there in verse 3, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look, look thereon. Nobody is worthy. He goes on to say, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open, the, open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Boy, I just see John begin to weep. Can't you say, my goodness, I'm never going to know. I'm never, listen, I can't be fully redeemed unless somebody is worthy to open this book. This all sounds great, but I can't go here if somebody's not worthy. 
to open this book. Listen, heaven sounds great, but if somebody can't open this book, me and you're in bad shape. Amen. Amen. But I like what the Bible says. By, and it wasn't one of the angels, by the way. It was the elder. <laughs> Amen. I tend to feel like them elders. It's probably some of them disciples and apostles that saved children of God. They said, hey, hey John, John. John, hey, don't, don't you weep. You calm down. Hey, listen, there's one worthy. You just got calm down, John. He's one worthy. He said, one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, hadn't to loose the seven seals thereof. He said, Hey, John, don't you weep. I'm telling you, that line had the tribe of Judah. He didn't open that book. He's worthy. Boy, it was a declaration went on. <laughs> there was some depression that went on. John was weeping. There was the light in his soul when he found out the lion was able. In fact, I tell you this, I got a reading one day about 1 Peter 5 8. Bible says he's the devil. Devil has a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Boy, I got thinking about that. I thought about the, the lion's the king of all nature, he's supposed to be king of all the animal kingdom. Now I got to think of well, if a lion's a king of all animal kingdom, who can kill a lion? Now I got to read in one place they said a bigger lion. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. The devil is a roaring lion seeking who he might devour. But that Bible just said Jesus was a lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, listen, there's a bigger lion coming. He's a greater lion on his way. And he's going to win. Amen. Hallelujah for the line of the tribe of Judah. Let me give you this. John goes to look and he said, he said, line of the tribe of Judah. Where is he? And the Bible says right here in verse number 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. But you know why he saw a lamb and everybody, and angel saw a lamb, a lion? Angels, that's a lion right there. Because this world's going to see him in judgment. Me and you see him in mercy. Amen. They're seeing him in judgment. Me and you're seeing him in mercy. They're seeing him when he comes. And he destroys all of them with the word of his mouth. But I'm going to be sitting beside of him. Saved by grace. Rescued by mercy. And living with Jesus. Hallelujah. The lamb. Let me tell you, this is a slain lamb. I'm moving quicker. The slain lamb. Man, tell you, he died. He died as the Lamb of God. Take away the sin of the world. He was not only slain, but he stood. Listen, he's slain, but the same one that was slain is standing. Ain't you glad the same one that was slain is standing? Amen. Find out later on, he grabs the book out of the hand of the Father. Listen, I believe the Bible's telling us this ain't just a, he's not talking about a literal lamb. He's telling you it looked like a lamb. This is the lamb. He is the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Listen to this. He said, He said, He stood as a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns. I wrote down this number seven again. Like I said earlier, it's a number of perfection. And horns are, are power. When you see the word horn in your Bible, it speaks of power. You think about a sheep, a sheep is defenseless. 
A sheep cannot defend itself. Has no horns. Has no way of defense. Hey, but I tell you right here in this Bible, he tells you that he's a lamb. But he's not a lamb with no horns. He's a lamb with seven horns. What that's saying is he has perfect power. In fact, the Bible said over in Matthew 28, verse 18, he said, all power in heaven is given unto me. Amen. All power. Not some, not half. Hey, the devil might be some mighty. He might have some strength. Hey, but Jesus has all strength and all power. The devil don't have that. Amen. Listen to this. Not only that, but then he had seven eyes. Seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. These seven spirits of God, I've said before in Isaiah 11, there's seven different characteristics of the Holy Ghost. But can I tell you one thing I see in that too, though? Is this. This lamb with seven horns, and this lamb with seven eyes, which is just being symbolic of who all Jesus really is. Has seven eyes. These seven eyes is seven again means perfect. And in my eyes speaks of being able to see and, and pierce and, and perceive things. I'm telling you, God, Jesus has no trouble seeing you and seeing me and seeing this world. Bible says His eyes go to and fro amongst this earth, beholding the evil and the good. I always wonder why He said evil before He said good. I believe the reason is there's a lot more evil than there is good. Amen. He's beholding both. Listen to this. Not only the light of the book, but the drawing of the book. And by that I mean getting the book. Bible said in verse 7, And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. He went and got the book. Amen. Hey, listen, here's the one that is worthy. John been trying to, he been weeping, worrying, wondering who is worthy. And here comes this seven-horned, seven-eyed Lamb of God and takes the book. That he's worried nobody can take. He said, when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. I wrote down this. All of a sudden, they became a, a dedication of the book. A dedication of it. So what do you mean by that? They got to thanking the one who, who got the book. They got to praising and dedicating the one who got the book. You ever read them books in the front of a book? A lot of times you'll read that somebody says, I want to dedicate this book to my wife or I want to dedicate this book to my school teacher or my friend or my, my somebody who helped me in my life. Listen, in the front of that book, if they'd have been a book like this, it'd have said, I dedicate this book to the one who was worthy to get this book. Amen. Hey, listen, they were saying, well, he's worthy. He's worthy. That Bible said right here, that they fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy! Amen. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands 
thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every listen to this, and every creature which is in heaven and on earth, on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in the all that are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessed and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and of the Lamb forever and ever. This is what I say about that is this. I wrote down what John Phillips said, but I like what he said. He said, God has placed in the hands of man the decision to accept Jesus as Savior. But the decision to acknowledge Him as Lord is not theirs to decide. Amen. I will say it again. God has placed in the hands of man the decision to accept Jesus as Savior. But the decision to acknowledge Him as Lord is not theirs to decide. Everything in hell is going to declare He's Lord. Everything on this earth is going to declare He's Lord. And every single person in heaven has going to declare He is Lord. Because he is. If you stand at feet, eyes closed, head bound, if you come on, pianist. Thank you again for listening to the Victory Bible Podcast. Look forward to you listening again with us next time. If you're not saved, our prayer is you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of this podcast. You pray and ask Him to be your Savior. Our, our prayer is if you're saved and discouraged, you be encouraged. And if you are saved and, man, you're trying to do your very best, we pray that you just keep on keeping on doing what God has called you to do. We love you. May God bless you. Have a great day.